If you are enjoying this podcast, why not try Baker Street 2033 by the same author, a metaphysical mystery involving Sherlock Holmes, virtual reality, and fictional objects. Available on Spotify, iTunes, and Amazon Music. Dear Old Blood, Notes on a Wittgenstein Noir A Critical Companion with a Forward and Critical Commentary by Horace Murgatroyd This book represents the first critical companion to Dear Old Blood in its second revised and edited incarnation. It includes the full original annotated text by Herbert Denk, the purported Wittgenstein specialist and discoverer of the now infamous Rosrow Hall. In order for the reader to experience the text as it was originally received by both scholars and the general public alike, a critical commentary on the text appears only after the detective story and Denk's afterward. The reader may wish to bear in mind the following Wittgenstein maxim as they proceed. Nothing is so difficult as not deceiving oneself. Denk's original footnotes will appear in full at the end of each episode. Epigraph Ludwig Wittgenstein A picture held us captive, and we could not get outside it, for it lay in our language, and language seemed to repeat it to us inexorably. Preface These notes were recovered from a tea chest in the attic of a cottage on the west coast of Ireland. For reasons of privacy, the owner of the tea chest does not wish to disclose their name, nor how it came into their possession. It was originally recovered from neighbouring Rosrow Cottage, which is situated on a quay in Killary Harbour in Connemara, County Galway. The item is believed to have been the property of the Austrian philosopher Ludwig Wittgenstein, despite the contents being written in English rather than his native German. Wittgenstein resided in this small fisherman's cottage in the summer of 1948, when it was owned by Maurice Drury. Drury was the brother of M. O'Connor Drury, a former student of Wittgenstein's at Cambridge, who later became a close friend. The philosopher relocated here to work on his second book, the posthumously published Philosophical Investigations. During Wittgenstein's stay, a local man called Tommy Mulcairns assisted him by bringing him milk, peat, tin goods from Galway, any letters from the local post office, and helping out with chores. Mulcairns also helped him burn the large piles of notes rejected from the manuscript that would eventually become philosophical investigations. The discovery of the tea chest, however, suggests that some of these jottings escaped the regular conflagrations. These notes have now been gathered together for the first time in this volume. Assembled into the most likely chronological order and annotated with supporting notes and occasional commentaries on the extraordinary material, they cast a new light on the philosopher's life and thought. Dear Old Blood The phone clanged into life for the first time in months, rattling in its cradle and bawling for Papa. Well, that was all he is now. Nix. The voice on the other end kept it brief. The world is everything. That is the case. 
That word case hung in the air like a flashbulb at a crime scene. The hairs on the back of my neck did a Lazarus. Hadn't touched a case in years. I was small fry now. I did roving husbands and missing cats. Not cases. Case. What case? Who the hell is this? We are going to be in touch, Mr. Nix. It was a voice that sang with money. Plumps for vowels and consonants so crisp they rang out like stilettos on Italian marble. And the phone went dead. Great. I mowed over what little I'd heard. All I came up with was a solace. Gonna be. Will be, surely. The mistake of a non-native speaker. They came back. They always do. Two days later, after I had time to wrap the taste of a new job around my palate like Shadow Latour 29. These were canny folk. What the hell was I getting myself into here? This time, it was a dame. She carried the same money in her mouth as the first fella. The same imperfect English, too. There was an accent daggering through her words. Middle Roper. I could place it pretty precisely somewhere between Hamburg and Vienna. We are wanting you to investigate someone for us. His past habits. His life activities. You follow? Who am I talking to? That is of no importance, Mr. Nix. Okay. Who is it you want me to look into? A philosopher. A wise guy, huh? The joke fell on deaf ears. A logician, actually. I was getting bored bandying polysyllables around. How about getting down a brass tacks, lady? What's in it for me? Whatever your usual fee is, redouble it and add a note on the end. You sure you can afford that? Mr. Nix, this endeavor is being underwritten by wealth you could not begin even to imagine. Yeah, but what price do you put on a man's soul? Our man will be in touch. How... The phone clicked off. A month passed. Nothing. Then one morning, an envelope arrived. It contained a one-way ticket to England, details about a dead drop, and a photograph of the tail with a note scribbled in pen on the back. Trinity College, Cambridge. The title comes from a postcard written by the philosopher to his English friend and Cambridge undergraduate, Gilbert Patterson, which has dear old blood as its salutation. Ray Monk's biography on the philosopher is especially instructive here, revealing that the two men would often exchange nonsense talk together, usually in relation to the adjective bloody, a word which the philosopher seems to have found endlessly funny. Postcards were often signed off in a similar fashion your bloodily and yours in bloodiness. Removed from this context and used as a title, the phrase dear old blood takes on a paradoxical tone, at once sinister and endearing. 
The reader may wonder if the title is self-referential and perhaps confessional in intent, or whether it is still addressed to some unknown other. Either way, the darker tone seems somehow appropriate for a late work and gives the first indication of a radical shift in approach by the philosopher, one that draws on the genre conventions of hard-boiled noir fiction. The name Nix is possibly a play on the German word nichts, which means nothing, and is immediately suggestive of Wittgenstein's philosophical inquiries into what can and cannot be meaningfully asked and answered. In so doing, he was undermining the canon of metaphysical inquiry concerning truth, the nature of reality, the existence of God, etc., that has troubled philosophers for two millennia. For Wittgenstein, such problems were non-existent, merely the bewitchment of language fooling people into thinking such metaphysical puzzles were real. With this in mind, we might ponder what Wittgenstein might be trying to show by calling his detective Nix. Wittgenstein has cleverly chosen the opening line of his only published work, the Tractatus Logico-Philosophicus, 1921, to set up the premise for his mystery. The world is everything, that is the case, transposing it into the hard-boiled noir genre through the multiple meanings of the word case. This is typical of the tone adopted by his private investigator, which emulates the quick-fire wordplay of Raymond Chandler's Philip Marlowe and is maintained consistently throughout. Thus, a philosopher becomes rather ingeniously a wise guy. A brief examination of the similarities between philosophy and detective work may be helpful at this juncture. Both professions involve making metaphysical inquiries into the nature of truth and require an a priori belief in free will, for who could be found guilty of any crime in a wholly deterministic universe? One useful way of demonstrating the proximity between the two vocations is by a simple methodology of substitution, taking statements that the philosopher Wittgenstein made regarding his work and replacing the word philosopher with detective, philosophy with detective work, and any variance thereof. So, a journal entry from the 1st of May 1915 it is one of the chief skills of the philosopher not to occupy himself with questions which do not concern him, becomes, it is one of the chief skills of the detective not to occupy himself with questions which do not concern him. A list of further examples follows. One of the most difficult of the detective's tasks is to find out where the shoe pinches. Detective work is not a theory but an activity. Detective work consists essentially of elucidations. The difficulty in detective work is to say no more than we know. Detective work is like trying to open a safe with a combination lock. Each little adjustment of the dial seems to achieve nothing. Only when everything is in place does the door open. Detective work is rejecting false arguments. The detective strives to find the liberating word, that is, the word that finally permits us to grasp what up to now has intangibly weighed down upon our consciousness. Detective work is a battle against the bewitchment of our intelligence by means of our language. It might be productive then to think of the work at hand as an amalgam of these two fields, a philosophy of detection. Dear Old Blood, Notes on a Wittgenstein Noir will return in episode two. I landed on a beautiful summer's day in June.
If you have enjoyed this podcast, you might like to consider others by the same writer and producer, such as Baker Street 2033 and Modern Gothic. All are available from the usual podcast outlets. You could also consider supporting the writer at buymeacoffee.com slash Neil Fitzgerald.